You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. It's a joy to be with you today. First Sunday of 2022. And uh, we've had snow this morning, a little light coating of snow. I was anticipating even more than that. Uh, made a run to Sam's Club and got all the miracle melt I could uh, put in my car and have it ready so we wouldn't be slipping and sliding as we come to church today. We really need to be aware that, you know, this uh, pandemic, it seems to be getting over and then it's reared its ugly head again. And we need to just be praying for, for all of those that are being exposed seems like uh, I'm hearing more and more people getting COVID now than when it originally happened. And so we want to just continue to lift those, not just within our fellowship, but those around our, our world and uh, all that's taken place there. Well, we've been looking at Advent, and today is the ninth day of Christmas. My true love said to me, what'd you say? <laughs> She said, get going, okay. So this week we will finish uh, the Advent and uh, we'll be taking down the Christmas decorations. I notice that brings a tear to my heart, but because uh, I enjoy them so much. Advent is the word that means coming. And when we think of Advent and we think of the coming, the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Messiah, we, we see that happen in the nativity with the birth of Christ and all the prophecies that went before that brought up to the moment that Jesus was born with the shepherds, with the wise men, with all the, the rage of Herod killing all the little boys two years old and younger. We have all of that happen historically with the nativity. But then we have the advent of Jesus when he came to us. We have our personal advent, the advent when we first understood that Jesus came because he loved us so much. He came to forgive us of our sins. He came to free us from the bondage that we had gotten ourselves into. And because of his great love, he introduced us to his father and he reconciled us and adopted us back into the family, the family of God. And we rejoice with that. If you haven't had a personal advent, today would be a good day to experience a personal advent where Jesus comes and reveals himself to you and forgives you of your sins and makes known his father and makes known his passion uh, for his good news to bring healing and deliverance and salvation to every human being. And so if you haven't had a personal advent, let's have one. But there is another advent. There is the second coming of Christ. There is a future when the Christ will return back. This time he won't come through the humility of, of a manger he won't be found in a feeding trough. He will come on the clouds with great glory with all the host of heaven and heaven's armies. And it'll be a glorious, glorious day. 
And so when you think of coming and when you think of Advent, the coming of the Lord, there's always a sense in which we have great anticipation for his return. This morning, I want to go to the text found in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 36. And for us to look at someone that oftentimes isn't really noticed in the Christmas story. Her name is Anna. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Let's pray. We thank you for your word, Lord. The written word as it's spoken, let it accomplish everything as it returns back to you. Not void, but full and complete. In Jesus' name, amen. So what do we know about Anna? Well, that she was a prophetess. I always take note when there's somebody that's recorded in the written word that there's not a whole lot that's said about. But here was a female who was a prophetess. She had status. Hmm. One commentator said that there was only seven prophetesses. So she's one of seven. Wow. A special designation. Her father was Phanuel, which means the face of God. And her tribe that she comes from is Asher, which means blessed. And so she comes from a tribe that's blessed and a father who beholds the face of God. Hmm. Now for our congregation, this next thing that we see about Anna is very important. She was very old, very old. Matter of fact, there's some discrepancy whether she was 84 years old or she, it had been 84 years since her husband had passed. She had been a widow for 84 years. But here she is. What does this tell us? It tells us that here's a, a woman who knew sorrow. When you lose your spouse, your heart is broke. And here is a woman who knew what it was like to lose a spouse early in marriage, and her heart was broke. Now we understand that when we have something like this that happens, that kind of sorrow, if it's not a sorrow that leads to life, it's a sorrow that will lead to death and darkness. And so a lot of folks in their bereavement become bitter. But here's Anna. It, it, it implies that she did not turn bitter, even in her experience of knowing what it was like to lose a spouse. 
And so I, I, I just get all sorts of respect for this amazing lady as she's in the scripture and as she has an important part to play in the blessing of the Lord Jesus as he's brought into the temple. She never left the temple. Wow. She was at church every time the doors were open. Matter of fact, the implication here is that they had residences and that she was actually living in one of the quarters in the temple. And that's why she was always there, always there. She worshiped night and day. She wasn't just a Sunday morning believer. She was worshiping every day of her life. She worshiped in public. She worshiped in private. She was a continuous worshiper of the Lord. She also fasted and prayed. Wow. I don't know if anybody's made any uh, 2022 resolutions that you're going to lose, you know, 30 pounds this month. So you're on a 30-day fast. I, I, I don't know how that all works. But this was a lifestyle with her a lifestyle of fasting and prayer and worship. What's that tell us about her? I think she was in tune with the voice of the Lord. I think she was aware of Father's heart and she had been longing for the coming of the Messiah. The Passion Translation puts it this way. When Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them and burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come. Wow. I, I, I like the Passion Translation. Uh, the NIV has it where you could kind of infer that, but the passion, can, can, we have so many different songs about Jesus in his infancy. We, we've got uh, Zechariah's song about John the Baptist and how he's going to be, you know, preparing the way and all that goes with his song in chapter one of Luke. We got Mary's Magnificat that she's, she's and then we get Simeon, and what he says about Jesus, because he was told that he would not die until he'd seen the Messiah, until he'd seen the Son of God. And so he's all excited. He's in a prophetic frenzy. He's prophesying, and they've got it recorded right there in the Scripture. And I can almost see as he is going on, this is kind of like Bob and Ray. I don't, I don't know if you, you know, Bob's in a prophetic frenzy. And then Ray just bursts forth in. And she's got something to say about the kid too. <laughs> and so here comes Anna. And she's so long, long, longing for the Messiah that she, in my imagination, she interrupts. And she has to declare what's in her heart about him. I think that's really cool. What did she say? We don't know. 
It's not recorded. If Ray interrupted Bob, I would pay attention to what Ray said. Amen. It would be recorded. <laughs> Here, it's not recorded. And I, as, as I put myself in the story and I asked the Lord, why wasn't it recorded? Why did Luke not record what Anna said? And I had a sneaky prompting of the Holy Spirit that it's for us to fill in. This is one of the ways in which I think we get to be a part of Jesus in the temple. And with the celebration of the Messiah and the things that are said about him and over Joseph and Mary, here's an opportunity for you to come and be in the temple and look at the child, the Christ, and what wells up in your heart. What takes off? What wells up within you? He's the Savior. He's the Deliverer. He's the Redeemer. Here in this little, kind of helpless little child, in this vulnerable position, will be the ruler for all eternity. It's like, whoa. So what's going off in your heart today? One of the things that I want to encourage you is to, to meditate throughout the afternoon. Spend some time with the Lord whenever, whenever you have your time. And just let the Holy Spirit just release what's going forth in your heart as you would be there and see the baby Jesus as you would see the Christ, the Messiah, what would be going off in your heart? She bursts forth. <laughs> Here she is, she's a prophetess. So you know she's got some prophetic words that are coming out. She's a worshiper. So she's worshiping the Lord, even as she speaks over the child. She's a prayer warrior, an intercessor. She's praying. <laughs> Who knows, maybe she's getting some, some revelation about what's about to come and that they're gonna need to flee into Egypt to avoid Herod. And she might be praying for protection and, and all those kind of things. There's a, a real sense that she had a clear line of communication with the Father's heart and that she loved him. She was a faithful lover of God who longed for the redemption of God's people and the coming of the Messiah. Mm. And secondly, we see that after she speaks and utters her words over the babe and over the mother and the father, from then on, she tells everyone the Messiah has come. She tells everybody. Now, since she was always in the temple, her witness was just covering Jerusalem. All those who were waiting for the redemption of, her, of Jerusalem. But we see that as she speaks to those who are coming into the temple, they're going out of the temple and the word of the Savior continues to spread. So we have the shepherds telling everybody that the Messiah has been born. We've got Anna telling, no doubt Simeon, he's ready to kick the bucket. He's, he's seen the Lord, he's seen the baby, he's ready. 
And so it continues to spread. When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required of them by the law of Moses, they took Jesus and returned to their home in Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew more powerful in grace, for he was being filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So when we see Mary and Joseph, as they go through all the, the trauma of being pregnant out of wedlock and all the cultural dynamics that they went through to the actual birthing of the babe and everything that transpired after that, then fulfilling because they're still under the law, which is really interesting. Galatians 4.4 talks about this born of a woman under the law, and that he fulfilled the law. And so here he is as an infant. His parents are bringing him and doing everything that is to be done to bring a sense of completion, a parental responsibility for the firstborn son of their family. <clears throat> so Mary and Joseph, they completed everything required by the law of Moses, after they did that in the temple, they took their son. Okay, I don't know about you, but when you have your first child and you're out in public and everybody's wanting to grab him and run with him, and I, I don't know how expressive the prophetic was in the temple, but I've seen some prophetic people that would grab the baby Jesus and would dance and run and have a great time. After all of that, they took him. <laughs> they took him. They got their son back. They fulfilled everything that the temple required, and they went home <laughs> to Nazareth. Somehow I just thought that was pretty cute. And they took him. I remember when our first one was born, and people were taking a little crystal and we're looking at her and all that kind of stuff. And it was, after a while, it's like, okay, I want my kid back. Yeah, I, I want my, my daughter back, yeah. And here's what the scripture says, and the child grew. And I think of 2022, does anybody want to grow this year? Yeah. Let's grow, let's grow. And the child grew from an infant he grew more powerful in grace. Now that's an interesting expression, but it's one that resonates with my spirit, my heart. Lord, I wanna grow more powerful in grace this year, just as Jesus did. Filled with wisdom. Anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask from God who gives generously without finding fault. So let's be asking God for wisdom this year and the favor of God was upon him. You know, God loves us all the same. He doesn't love me more than Deb. But you know, favor is another issue. Favor is something that comes out of your relationship with God. And out of that relationship, we find that we can grow in favor. And here we see modeled by the, the infant Jesus as he's going through toddlerhood, because in a few verses later <laughs> in this chapter, he's 12 years old 
and they go to the temple. So somewhere from infancy to 12 years old, this little lad is growing in wisdom, becoming powerful in grace, but the favor of the Lord is upon him. Now that part just really speaks to my heart for 2022. I know that the Lord loves me. I'm his favorite, just in case you didn't know. But I need more of his favor. You don't earn it. You don't get it by Bible verses and hours logged in and spiritual activity, but you earn it in relationship. So spending time with Jesus, hours with Jesus, is really good. But getting more and more favor is what I would encourage us to, to pursue this year. Sometimes we have enough favor to just get by. I would like to have a super abundance of favor because elsewhere in the scripture it says, and he grew in favor with God and man. And you can't help but grow in favor with God. You, you'll see that just the corollary, you will have favor with men. And to see us move in that kind of favor is something that my heart leaps for. So for manna today, when you're looking at the baby Jesus, when you're coming into a personal walk and you're having your personal advent with Christ, every time you see the Lord, may you burst forth in thanksgiving and praise because we've seen the Son of God, the Christ. Secondly, let's tell everybody. I don't know what it is about the first Sunday of the year, but it's like I, I've got some wonderful evangelistic uh, men in my life, and anytime they come around, the, their evangelistic anointing just kind of oozes off. And all of a sudden, I find that I am much more evangelistic for a period of time. The more we see Jesus and we see him as he is, the more we will be evangelistic, the more we will be telling others who he is. One of our pastor friends in the vineyard up in Michigan, they had a little phrase that they used for the year, and it was, everyone win one. And it was in an evangelistic context. It was like, this year, let's ask the Lord to use us to introduce another person to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Lord to bring across our path someone who wants to hear about Jesus. Go into the highways and byways. Compel them in. We've got a few chairs that are available. So, you know, it seems like uh, if we doubled in this year, we would still have space. 
if the Holy Spirit is taking that and is doing something in your heart, I would encourage you to just write it down in your uh, Connect card and say, yeah, I, I, I think the, the Lord's speaking to me and I want to be used this year to introduce someone to him. I want to be available. How that happens, there's a zillion different ways. But one of the first things is to have a heart that says, Lord, I'm open and willing to be used of you. And what an honor and privilege to introduce someone to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I, I, I sign up for that, Lord. Now, as you do that, some of you might think, one? And that encourages me. How about 12? How about 20? Okay, how about two? <laughs> Whatever it is, but just spend some time with the Lord and say, Lord, I, I want to be intentional this year because it's been a while since I've introduced anybody to you. Whether they come to the church or not, that doesn't matter. They come to part of his body. That's what's important. They're part of the family. And so let's just ask the Lord, Lord, would you show me and make me aware of the opportunities that I have? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.